Hello, everyone. Welcome to Curious K Podcast. It's your favorite host, Kola Paul, and I'm happy to be back with the second series of the book review. And you know, we started the first series on how blockchain is solving real-life African problems. And the idea of this book review series is to give insights into the book. And today, uh, we are having a great conversation with the co-author of the book, Additional Ajayi, who is a blockchain consultant and educator. And the first episode, like I mentioned, of this series was with Akim D2, uh, where we discussed about the first chapter of the book, Understanding Blockchain Technology. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I think you have to check it out. You know, I had an amazing conversation with Akim and a big shout out to Akim, uh, by the way. And this is the second and the last series of the review. And we'll be exploring the remaining four chapters briefly. And the chapters include, uh, the second chapter is real life problems in African communities, blockchain solutions for African communities, the fourth chapter, case studies of successful blockchain implementations in Africa. And the fifth chapter, which is the last but not the least, is the challenges and future of blockchain in Africa. I believe listening to these topics, you're curious already, you know, and don't worry, just sit back, relax. We'll, we'll ignite your curiosity uh, in the course of this episode. And without further ado, uh, please join me uh, to welcome additional Ajayi the Curious K podcast. Thank you so much, Kolapo. Um, yeah. It's a great privilege to be here. I appreciate the honor. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. All right. All right. So let's get into it. How? T- tell us about yourself. You know, just give us, a, you can also tell us about Digital Focus, uh, which I understand is, is your company. Absolutely, Kolapo. Thank you so much for having me again. Uh, so, uh, my name is Adeshino Ajayi. I am a blockchain consultant and founder of Digital Focus. You know, uh, before blockchain, I was um, a management consultant. And, you know, in 2016, I came across blockchain as a boarding technology. And I started to oh, look into it. What is this about? And since then, I've been exploring blockchain and founded the company in 2016 with the sole purpose of democratizing the opportunities in blockchain technology. So we do this basically by creating education and trainings to create awareness for the purpose of adoption. We believe so much in awareness creation because if we're talking about adoption, people won't adopt what they don't know about. So that's what we're particular about, you know, creating awareness. And we do that training the people and educating them, organizations. So, so far, we've trained over 2,000 blockchain experts since we started in 2016. And we have, uh, we've helped a couple of organizations transition into blockchain technology. Um, recently, we expanded into the US where we're helping um, primarily people of African descent to understand blockchain and the leverage that blockchain provides for business growth and scalability. I like that background. And, you know, when you said 2016, I, that took me back memory lane. Because that was okay. like the time I kind of knew about blockchain as well. It was like okay. 2016, 2017. Yeah, for me, around maybe towards the end of 2016. And I was really, really 
you know, excited about the technology. You know, looking back, I was feeling, I think I should have done more, you know, okay, yeah. to really dive into the technology. But of right. course, the podcast has given me the opportunity to have like a series on Web3, you know, and Absolutely. now we are doing a, a book review. So so I'm excited to still be, you know, Absolutely. you know, yeah. adding value to, to that space. So so tell us, uh, additional, how did you link up with Akeem uh, to write this book? Oh, wow. Akeem. Great guy, great guy. Akin is a great guy. Um, so Akin Diesel has been a great colleague in the industry for some years. You know, we connected on LinkedIn a few years back, you know, and then I mean we've blended along, you know, share ideas and you know, talk about the industry, you know, and we've been talking about looking into collaborating uh to help the industry move forward in the nearest future. So sometime March this year. And that was shortly after my last trip to the US. He called and was like, hey man, you, you've written books about blockchain, but I need us to put out a body of work uh, in blockchain for Africans, you know, specifically for Africans that would address the real life African problems and our blockchain is already solving and would solve these problems. You know, uh, for frankly speaking, that was so timely for me because I still had a session with my team in Nigeria the week before that time, you wow. know, and, and we're talking about the same thing, you know, and and that's one of, that's one of the reasons why we we're even here in the US, you know. Uh, I told him I, I'm in on this. Let's get on it ASAP, you know. Uh, we scheduled a follow-up call to assign roles and responsibilities, and you know we got work and and that was it, you know, and that was it. That was how the book came about. I mean, it's all thanks to uh, Akin Disu, you know, he's a great guy, yeah. Uh, absolutely big shout out to to akim this yeah. so yeah so the title now uh takes me like to, to this question right uh, what are the real life problems in africa you know that you identified in the book if you can just tell us a few yeah it, my brother this, this question is so deep and it's one that is dear to my heart because uh when you look at africa africa is a land filled with so much potentials and whereby uh, we're, we're barely getting something out of all the potentials we have. You know, so uh, in the book, we address um, the issue of poverty. You know, uh, poverty is one of the major issues bedeviling Africa. Uh, poverty is a persistent issue that has plagued Africa for decades, you know, in spite of being home to some of the world's fastest growing economies. The continent remains the poorest um, in the world, you know, with over 40% of the population living below the poverty line. You see, so that, that's a critical one, if you'd ask me. Then we talk about um, corruption, you know. I mean, <laughs> this one is, is, is visible to the blind and audible to the deaf, you know. Corruption in, <laughs> Africa, <laughs> corruption in Africa has significant social consequences. You know, when, when, when public officials are corrupt, Citizens end up losing faith in the government's ability to provide basic services, leading to social unrest and protest. We've seen this play out over and over again, you know. So when the system is corrupt, those with connections and resources will gain access to resources and services that are denied to others who truly merit it. And this is the basis of corruption in Africa. Then we talked about um, education, which is the last one I'll be mentioning today. We talked about education, you know, uh, I mean, education is a crucial social and economic issue in Africa. Um, the, co the continent is home to some of the worst poorest countries, you know. 
So where access to quality education remains limited, particularly for children from marginalized communities. So the consequences of inadequate education in Africa are far-reaching. It contributes a cycle of poverty where children who do not receive a proper education are more likely to live in poverty as adults, perpetuating the cycle for generations to come. So you see, it's a continuous pattern that keeps repeating itself. You know, so education is a very critical um, challenge that, uh, that is bedeviling Africa. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll end it on education, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we have the book. There are a lot of other, you know, uh, problems facing Africa that, you know, we highlighted in the book. And that's why we encourage us to get it and, you know, and know better about them. And I've, I've identified some of like uh, this problem, right? Uh, the whole idea of the book is to now have a complementing solution, right? Ah, absolutely. In, that, in the way that how can blockchain, you know, solve some of this problem, you know? We know, I have a boss who used to say some problems are wicked problems. Mm, <laughs> right? Mm, right. Wicked problems. It's hard for them to go away. Right. right. So which one, you know, out of like all this problem you've identified, do you want to, you know, talk about, you know, in, in this podcast episode, you know, and how can blockchain solve uh, some of those problems? Okay, thank you. So, uh, well, for me, uh, there's so many problems in Africa that blockchain is solving. And the most, um, the one that gets at me the most, I would say is um, finance. You know, it's finance. I, I don't know why people say I like money so much, but maybe that's the reason. <laughs> you, you know, so well, for me, I, I would say finance. You know, so the, the finance industry was the first successful implementation of blockchain technology. And now talking about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and what have you. You know, so that made that industry... Uh, you know, have the first mover advantage over other sectors that are just, you know, implementing blockchain right now. And, and by providing new chances for access to finance and financial services, blockchain technology is aiding the promotion of financial inclusion. And that's interesting for me, if you'd ask me, you know, by enabling peer-to-peer uh, -peer lending, crowdfunding, micropayment, and, and for instance, blockchain-based platform can provide money for individuals and small enterprises that may not have access to traditional banking services, you know. Okay, so take for example, um, COVID came 2020 and there was um, a global lockdown and, you know, the global economy was, was, was uh, largely affected, you know. Before that pandemic, business owners sold their products mainly for cash, you know. And, and since that COVID-19 restrictions happened, markets transitioned online and business owners who adapted easily to online sales started accepting digital payments. Sir, this singular action has enabled them to reach new audiences within their locations and beyond. You get so that's that's a very massive advantage. And with blockchain, affordable and efficient cross-border payments are a reality for small businesses now, supporting their business models without the high foreign exchange fees from traditional money transfer services. You know, recently. I, I, I sent some money to a client, you know, uh, in the form of USDT. Okay, so USDT is, um, is, is, is a cryptocurrency, you know. And then the fee, you know, I used in sending that amount was just $1. And I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars here. You know, so you just want to imagine what the, the charges for sending such huge amounts would have been without blockchain. You don't mm. want to imagine it. You know, <laughs> so, so that solution for me, 
Uh, it's everything, if you ask me. That solution for me is everything. Yeah, finance. Coming to revolutionize the finance industry is really amazing for me. The book, I read it, you know, and there is a the, the chapter where you talk about like some of the successful, you know, implementation. Can you just like give us a sneak peek, maybe a case study, share that with us and tell us what metrics did you use to measure like the success of that project? Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, blockchain is solving so many problems in Africa. I mean, we have, uh, we, we have a number of them since 2016 up to this present moment. Uh, uh, if I begin to count them, I will lose count. But um, there's one um, solution that has been implemented in Africa that I love to, to talk about so much, uh, maybe because I had a background in that industry and it's in the real estate industry. You know, so, um, so talking about um, the startup, Bitland in Ghana, you know, uh, I mean, when you look at Ghana as a, as a country in Africa, Ghana uses largely informal land distribution process. And what that means is that people inherit land from extended family, you know, through membership in a certain clan or through traditional authority. So meaning that the landowners do not um, typically keep um, written documentation of land transaction and ownership. Therefore, tracking proper ownership of land becomes very difficult. And, and this issue has been on and on in Ghana for, I mean, for as long as you can remember, you know, so before Bitland was founded in 2016, the land administration project had been working in Ghana for 17 years prior to that time to try, wow. to, solve the, yeah, to, try to solve the land dispute problem. Uh, but of course, you know, like one of the things we talked about earlier, corruption and nepotism have plagued every area of the public sector there. So they, they've had difficulty accomplishing their goals and consolidating the land title tracking system. You know, so, but then Bitcoin came and, you know, uh, in 2016 and, and says, okay, we, I think with blockchain, we can solve this problem, you know, and then they, they, they spawned into action and, and started working. So Bitland operates in three key phases, and this is how they get, they got these solutions and this problem solved. I'll explain that now. So they operate in three key phases. One, the land survey. Two, preparation of titles and land registry. And three, land tokenization. Tokenization. So now during the land survey, uh, the land survey phase, the company leaves approximately 30 markers with members of the local community. So the community members then place those markers in agreed upon spots to mark boundaries between individual plots of land. So survey markers placed during this phase serve as landmarks of property boundaries. That's the first phase, right? So to demarcate and differentiate, you know, uh, portions. Then the second phase is land registry, where they use blockchain to create titles for the land. So the titles are prepared by verifying the GPS coordinates of the land with the owners of the land. So once the coordinates are verified, the, um, the company creates a land title contract that includes um, the, owner, the owner, owner's names, GPS coordinates, map references, block numbers, and addresses. So this information then receives a timestamp time and is stored in a database. So that's the second phase. So for the last phase, which is the tokenization phase, so those land titles and accompanying files are turned into a token that is both tradable and traceable. So various parties use these tokens when making land transactions, such as renting 
and buying or selling. So the traceable nature of these tokens makes them an ideal choice for um, ensuring security and transparency between potential buyers, sellers, and renters. You see, without blockchain, all this would not have been possible. And probably this problem would have continued to linger on for, for like forever. You know, but with blockchain, you know, so because there's something called tamper proof with blockchain. So, I mean, you can once a data has been, you know, has been, has been um, imputed, you can't tamper it with it. If you tamper with it, every other person will know about it. So it's hard, it's hard to, you know, to act fraudulent with blockchain. And so talking about the metrics we use to measure these sources, you know, like I mentioned, the problem has been on for, for life forever. And yeah. So, yeah, so so when this got into um, implementation, so Ghana now had improved land registration and management. So in Ghana now today, there's improved land registration and management, and there's in increased access to credit. You know, so farmers or people who need credits to, to run stuff, to, uh, you know, to grow their businesses, they now have improved access to credit because there's an evidence, you know, of them having maybe collateral or something which was not in place before, right? And then reduction of land disputes. So many lives have been lost as a matter of land disputes. You know, people fighting over lands, killing themselves. But with this solution now, I mean, there's been a high reduction of land disputes. And then empowerment, you know, uh, of women. Women are now empowered, you know. So, uh, you know, Africa now, we, we come from that, a continent whereby um, a lot of times we silence women and the voices of women are not known. So, and so most women, when they have land, they don't even know how to prove it, you know, so they don't have access to their land. But with this, the land um, goes to the rightful owner. So whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. As long as you're the owner of the land, and then this, um, and this um, system has been in place, is in place already on that land, you get your land, you know, so it leads to women empowerment. And then lastly, economic development. Of course, you know what that means. The economic will be developed as a result of this solution. You know, so these are many more are the metrics we used, you know, to judge big land. And we see that, okay, all thanks to blockchain in Ghana for solving this land issue that has lingered for long. Right. Yeah, yeah that, that's a very, a very beautiful uh, use case. I just want to encourage the listeners to, to get, get a copy of the book. There are other beautiful use cases like Dubai, Kenya, Absolutely. You know, and how they are adopting technology in the book that you have to really check out. And they are just very beautiful use cases uh thank you very much additional for for sharing that I and, you, sir. yeah i want us to go into uh like one of the main challenges we face in africa which you mentioned uh you mentioned it in the book of course you've mentioned it you know earlier in the episode about corruption right and uh, one mm. of the challenges we face in africa is lack of transparency you know and mm. accountability you know not just in several industries even in government right you know you know and for government to deliver services effectively you know there are ways a lot of ways they can also adopt uh, a blockchain technology but the question is how you know how do you think we can make the government understand this technology you know and incorporate it in necessary services uh, that right. will improve the life of of people all right, thank you so much for that question, sir. Uh, I think that um, uh, basically, like you and I know, change is, is is constant, and at the same time, change is one of the hardest things to adopt. You know, so yeah. people don't usually want to, you know, uh, go with changes. 
Uh, so I, I think that um, what can be done with this is um, to continuously talk about the proofs and the results that we get from blockchain technology. Yeah, so uh, already there are a few countries um, in the world whose governments have adopted um, blockchain and are using blockchain you know, to implement one or two um, things in their economies. But then I feel that in Africa, you know, there's this perception that uh, we are usually the last to adopt um, uh, technologies or, you know, uh, whatever new thing is coming up. And, and we, we need to change that narrative, to be honest. You know, so I, I believe that the private sector and individuals who are already leveraging blockchain technology should not keep quiet about it. So for those who are already leveraging um, blockchain technology, we should not keep quiet about it. We should continuously talk about, you know, the good that blockchain is doing to our businesses, to our lives, to everything we're doing. We should create awareness and make all the noise about these unique features of blockchain. You know, truth is, it will be a very tough call, you know, because corrupt leaders will not want to welcome any initiative that will stop corruption. So if, 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 if one is benefiting from corruption and you say you're introducing something that is going to, you know, stop corruption, of course, you're going to face that those people who are benefiting, you're going to have to fight them. You know, so, but, but the truth is, it is doable. It is possible. In fact, we have a few African countries who are fully adopting um, blockchain presently. You know, so a few countries are already adopting blockchain for, for even elections and voting. And trust me, one of the issues that Africa is facing, facing lately is the issue of, you know, um, um, election, corruption, election and voting system. And so if um, blockchain can be incorporated into such a system, I mean, majority of the problems in Africa would have been solved. That's the truth. So what I think is that those of us who are already in the system, you know, as individuals, as organizations, we should not keep quiet about it. We should keep talking about it, organize um, hackathons, organize conferences, organize web events, you know, to keep calling the attention of the people. And, you know, the more we do that, the better we, we see that we are drawing nearer to uh, a place where the government will accept and adopt this um, amazing technology. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with you 100 uh, percent, because even if you look at like the past, you know, few months, there has been like wave of cool in Africa, you know, absolutely, sir. the thing is, once these military, you know, once the military take over, what they say is the election was fraudulent. The election oh. was not free. Uh -huh. You know, that, that is like the, the, the narrative that it drives. Oh. One in EJ, it was about election. You know, the recent one in Gabon, it was Absolutely. about election. election. Yes, it, yes. It was, I mean, the story is just about election. And this blockchain technology can actually revolutionize that, can solve that problem. So, Ooh. like you said, this is an, an awakening, you know, not just for... For, for, for government in individual country, but for even like the multilateral organizations, right? Like the ECOWAS, okay. like the uh -huh. AU, you know, how can they have this conversation in the parliament, you know, and propose this technology, put it on the table, Absolutely. you know, you know, put it in policies, you know, that maybe the West African country can adopt, the AU can adopt, you know, so that we can, we can really feel the change. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, for talking about that, irrespective yes, of like the opportunities, you know, to solve this problem, proposing mm. ideas and all that. Uh, in the book, you also mentioned some difficulties, you know, 
you know, that stalls the full implementation of a blockchain technology in African nations. So what, what are those issues? Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, thank you so much. Um, so the first thing I'll talk about is lack of adequate skill sets. You know, um, uh, blockchain technology is rel relatively new and is still evolving. You know, if you agree with me, it's still new and evolving. I mean, and presently, few people have the skills to support this technology. And, and so this is the need for continuous awareness. And even beyond awareness, we, we organize events and um, conferences where people get real-life skills. Because, because, you know, there, there's this thing about uh, where people talk about blocking technology. And that's one of the things um, I do. That's one of my, my purpose for getting into the industry. I mean, there are technical and non-technical aspects of blocking technology. So when people hear about blockchain, what um, automatically goes into their head is, ah, it's for tech service, it's for technical people and all. It's, it's true, but it's not entirely the truth. You know, there are other aspects of blockchain technology that doesn't need, you know, uh, tech savviness or the likes. You know, so people should come in and get these skills. Yeah, so for those who want to go into the um, uh, tech aspect of it, I mean, it's really encouraged when we talk about um um, blockchain architecture, blockchain design, blockchain, all of those. I mean, so we have people who are, you know, coming up to get into that industry and then to learn all those skills now. There are also all non-technical parts. We have blockchain content writers, we have community managers, we have a lot of all those. So we need skill sets because before we can talk about full implementation, uh, we must be sure that people already understand this, you know, and are ready to, you know, um, forge ahead with it. Then uh, another um, uh, difficulty I will talk about is uh, public perception. My brother, we're in an age where perception is everything. In fact, perception is even realer than the real thing itself these days. So people, <laughs> take, <laughs> so people take you based on your perception. And that's why you see on social media, people take whatever they get there, Oakland and Sinka. Those are not necessarily the real people, but the perception of them. So, so people buy perception a lot. So, uh, perception is very important, and what people perceive about blockchain, you know, goes a long way into determining how much they want to come to the system. You know, this is um, a huge challenge to adopting the, um, that um, blockchain technology, you know, because uh, people do not really have so much knowledge about it. Most of the public is still not aware of the existence and potential use of this technology. So uh, if we want blockchain to be successful, it has to earn acceptance. People have to accept it. And even though the technology is making history, still it's not enough to attract more consumers, you know. So currently, blockchain technology has almost the same meaning as Bitcoin. A lot of people, in fact, I've had to explain this to more people in the land of this career than every other thing. It's blocking Bitcoin, it's Bitcoin blockchain. So automatically, people hear about blockchain, what, they, what goes into their hearts or their system is Bitcoin. And because Bitcoin is still quite controversial globally, so they begin to, you know, the same hatred they have for Bitcoin, they will pass it on to blockchain. And I tell them, no, blockchain is not Bitcoin. Blockchain is, is technology in itself. I mean, Bitcoin is just one of the benefits of blockchain technology. And of course, the first successful um, um, implementation. So there are so many other use cases for blockchain beyond Bitcoin. So we keep making those explanations and, you know, making them to understand it. Most people think Bitcoin is the only blockchain network. Others don't even know about it except the cryptocurrency. You know, so the perception is key. People have to perceive right about blockchain. 
Then I'll talk about um, lack of regulation. Lack of regulation. Um, this is one of the main challenges of implementing blockchain in organizations, you know. Many organizations are making blockchain technology a means of transaction. Many a means of transaction. And you will see many products depend on this. But even now, there aren't any specific regulations about it. So, I mean, more like nobody follows any specific rules when it comes to, um, to the blockchain. I mean, so, I mean, when you look at the billionaires of this world, the highly successful people who built their money, uh, their wealth um, using brick and mortar businesses, you see that a lot of them, they have serious um, skepticism about um, blockchain. When you talk about the likes of Warren Buffett and the likes, they are very wary because, you know, whatever, what it took them, you know, years of years to build, somebody just came out and said, okay, we can do this. And before you know it, it's already in two millions and billions. And then the next day, you hear that, okay, a system has crashed and people have lost a lot of money. So there's no regulation. So people are still worried about it. People are still worried about it. Then the last one I'll talk about, it sounds so funny, but it's the truth. Um, criminal connection. A lot of people uh, feel that they, they are not safe with blockchain. And, and this sounds so funny. And this is because of the anonymous feature of blockchain technology. You know, so it's anonymous and you don't know who is who. So it attracts not only the experts, but it also attracts um, criminal personnel. And so uh, the nature of the network is decentralized so that no one can know your identity, all right? So look at the um, the founder of Bitcoin, for instance, anonymous, somebody knows him or whatever. So so these are some of the reasons why a lot of people are not really willing to, you know, go into blockchain. But like I tell them, it's a step after the other, you know? Um, we can't just expect people to accept or welcome a new technology, all right? Uh, during the internet, you know, you, you know how it was then. A lot of people didn't accept it. And the early believers and adopters, you know, you know what the massive thing they deal with the internet. So blockchain is just like the internet too. So I mean, slowly but surely we'll get there. So more people will get to, you know, understand the system and get in. Because when we that we are presently there, we stay consistent as they see our consistency, and then we we're not backing out, we're not giving up, we keep pushing it. You know, uh, more people will come to the system eventually. Yeah, right. I mean, that's, that's a very beautiful way to, to talk about this. And I believe that's part of the reason why, you know, you co-authored this book with Akin Disu, to, to educate people, you know. And the book used quite interestingly simple words to explain some of this, this concept. So, thumbs up to you and the great work. Uh, you well, I appreciate so much, bro. Yeah. Thank so, you so much. As we round up, just tell us, you know, a few words. Why do you think this book is just important for all and sundry? Why should they grab a copy? Wow, thank you so much, Kola. Um, uh, this is this is the question I always try to do for to each time I'm privileged to talk about this book. You know, I, I'll give you a few data uh, uh, to express these points clearly. Uh, according to the African Blockchain Report in 2021, um, about $127 million of venture capital was raised by blockchain companies in Africa, of which 95% of funding went to Nigeria, Seychelles, Kenya, and South Africa. But of course, this sort of news normally be headline like that, except we are really looking for it, you know. And so you discover that it's those people who are within the a blockchain framework and the system that get to have access to this kind of news. I mean, this is something that should go viral. I mean, this is a big win for Africa. 
But I'm sure most people do not even know about this. Sir, a new story is being told about Africa and blockchain technology is at the forefront of it. Uh, as blockchain adoption continues to be on the rise globally, Africa is not left behind. Trust me, Africa is not left behind. And, and, and blockchain presents an opportunity to rewrite the African narrative, giving businesses and investors the privilege to form part of this story. Blockchain is the infrastructure that is unifying Africa. We are rebuilding Africa from the ground up with blockchain, trust me. And this book eliminates all skepticism about blockchain and gives first-hand insights into how blockchain technology is rebuilding and unifying Africa. I mean, this is a journey we all want to be part of, and this is why this book is a must-read. <laughs> Absolutely. I like that. I mean, thank you, Adeshina Ajayi, for being on the Curiosity podcast. This is a very exciting episode. I mean, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Kola, for, for having me. It's uh, a big um, um, privilege for me. It's an exciting moment. And thank you for everything you're doing for the for the space. I will see it and we acknowledge it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That, that is an heartwarming message. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, and so a link to purchase the book will be on the show notes. So check it out. And thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to grab a copy of the book and see you next time. Bye-bye. And always remember, stay curious.